Today is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Babylon and Akash Network. A discussion with David and Greg. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everyone. We're going to be kicking off today's spaces here in about four or five minutes. Just waiting for our speakers to arrive. Feel free to go grab a cup of coffee or a tea, and we'll kick things off here shortly. Good to see some familiar faces on this call already. Right. Hey, Greg, can you hear me all right? Yeah, loud and clear. Excellent. Just waiting for our other guest, and we'll kick things off here in about three or four minutes. Did you hear about the rumor? Is this a knock-knock joke? <laughs> no, it's a real. Crypto is going to shut down, shut down in like three minutes. What? What is this? I've not seen this. Oh, my God. There's a huge enforcement action coming. Uh announced hello hello hey david how you doing hey hello we were just talking about a uh, rumor greg greg heard about uh crypto being shut down in a few minutes here (laughs) only in in a few minutes okay uh didn't hear that rumor exactly three minutes so load up your ledgers that's what i'm hearing Justice Department to announce an international cryptocurrency enforcement action at 12 Eastern. Big rumor is it's either Binance or Tether or Crypto.com. <laughs> oh, wow. Welcome to crypto. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. So we have to compete with some pretty big news here. I know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should. I'm exactly. Well, maybe this will happen. This might happen live on our Twitter spaces yeah, so we, we can, can uh, we live can talk about what's yeah, happening. Update the audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to find this, uh, this news. And I can't find it anywhere. Where did you, where did you see this, Greg? Justice.gov slash live. The Justice Department website. Don't ask me what I was doing on Justice Department website this morning, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Watch, I'm looking, PBS says uh, Justice Department holds briefing to announce new action on cryptocurrency enforcement. Watch live. Yeah, we're competing with some definitely pretty big news here. We'll see what, uh, what happens. I don't think it's Binance because CZ is like tweeting emojis. So he seems to be awfully relaxed. <laughs> Uh, oh, maybe, who knows? Maybe they would announce settlement and we, you know, Bitcoin goes to 30K. <laughs> Never a day wow. short of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So it says the briefing is expected to be attended by Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, Assistant Attorney General Kenneth Polite Jr., not very polite, 
and a U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York. Yes. Beyond peace. Oh, wow. Yeah. Big one. All right. Well, we'll see what happens here in a few minutes, I guess. I'll keep uh, the live stream open on my computer as I <laughs> read through some questions for you guys. Um, well, we are at the nine o'clock hour, so we're going to try to put all this uh, Justice Department uh, briefing on hold for now. And maybe uh, as as this progresses, we'll throw in some questions about that. But um, thank you guys for joining today's Twitter Spaces event. My name is Adam Wozni. I head up community at Open Clock Labs. Um, today, I'm joined by two very special guests. Uh, first up, it's David Shea. I want to make sure I'm saying your last name. Is that correct, David? David Shea? Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. And um, David is the co-founder and CEO of Babylon Chain. And then we have a very familiar guest, Greg Osuri, uh, the co-founder of Akash Network and CEO over Clock Labs. How are you doing today, Greg? Are you nervous about the announcement? I'm not nervous at this point. <laughs> yeah, I already typed in everything that could happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. On the bright side, Cosmos is so underexposed to a lot of these ecosystems that we shouldn't be affected uh, in, a, in a, any major way. And so, you know, it's just popcorn time for me. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, you know, let's see what these guys have to say. They're just, you know, scratching for something to do, I feel like. So we'll see what this in quotes cryptocurrency enforcement thing is they're going to talk about. So I've got the live stream going. I'll keep an eye on that. But um, we're here to talk about Babylon Chain and Akash. So. I wanted to uh, just quick kick it off to maybe have you guys quickly introduce yourselves and talk briefly about your project. So maybe David, um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about Babylon Chain and uh, maybe introduce yourself to some of uh, the guests on the line here. Yeah, so great. Um, hey, thanks for having me here. It's great to be able to have this conversation with Greg. Um, yeah, so a little bit introduction to myself. I'm a professor at uh, Stanford. And I have a, I lead a research group at Stanford doing research on blockchain consensus protocols. So we've been working on this for three or four years. And uh, during this process, we have a lot of, um, we do a lot of basic research as well as collaboration with industry. For example, we collaborate with a Ethereum Foundation on the ETH 2.0, the POS Ethereum protocol. So we have some contributions there before the merge and ongoing actually so through this process we learn a lot about proof of stake protocol and the potential advantages and potential security limitations we've also done a lot of work on proof of work protocol and then we came up with this idea that hey maybe combining proof of work and proof of stake you can get kind of the best of both worlds and uh, what is better for a proof of stake chain than bitcoin and uh, so that was the idea that we came up with during research, and uh, we founded this project Babylon Chain to uh, put this idea into practice. And uh, we started working on this in the beginning of this year, raised some seed fund, and uh, we, uh, me and my co-founder, uh, Fisher, so we recruited a bunch of, I think, very excellent engineers to build this Babylon Chain. And uh, the goal is to bring Bitcoin security uh, and into the proof of stake world. In particular, we are very much focused on the Cosmos ecosystem because uh, of reasons I will elaborate more later on. Thank you, David. One of the 
I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for Babylon in general because, well, obviously, like David said, it's Bitcoin security. Bitcoin, we all know, is the most secure chain, right? And all of us, I think, in Cosmos, I'm going to say this, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble, are secretly Bitcoin maximalists. Uh, but uh, in, in all seriousness, I think Bitcoin has an incredible amount of security. And if we can borrow some of the security into a proof of stake chain, I think it makes the ecosystem a lot more stronger. And another unique part of Babylon chain is it's security as a service if you actually unravel what's really happening. And you don't find this sort of offering in many other ecosystems other than Cosmos that tells you the composability that you get with this hyper-modularization where you can, you know, choose, um, you know, what part of the, what component of your chain can come from where, right? And that, and you as in the community can choose. And that makes it extremely powerful, uh, the fact that projects don't have to subscribe to a single ideology, but rather have a diverse uh, set of ideologies and diverse set of uh, you know properties uh, that could be shared uh, with a shared code base. So that's a very yeah, powerful Yeah, I, I cannot agree with that more, so I have to jump in. I have to jump in sure. because I can't agree with that more because this is really a, a good, very good example of a concept called, I think, emerging concept, composable mm -hmm. security. Composable security, where you can compose different chains together to form different levels of security, different source of security, and so forth. And also have individual security for different assets you're securing, right? Like, say you're securing, I don't know, a billion dollars, you probably want much higher security versus securing a squeal NFT, right? Like, so I think that we're gonna see that sort of uh, composability happen and you pay higher price for securing higher, you know, higher uh, valuable items, just like in the real world. I think that's gonna come to Cosmos as well. So I'm super excited for composable security. Yeah, yeah. I was I was able to check out this morning. I went on the Babylon website and watched that um, explainer video. You had David really really cool project. Um, kind of jumping into some of the questions, and I want to make note for everyone listening in. If you do have questions at any point throughout today's conversation with David and Greg, just uh, make a speaker request, and I'll get you in on the conversation here. Um, so yeah, so for David, I, I kind of wanted to see, you know, what opportunities do you see for Babylon to kind of help secure the Cosmos IBC um, network? Yeah, so um, one of the use case that we are working on is uh, reducing the unbonding time. So that's a very concrete use case. Maybe I should take one step back and say the following. As Greg said, um, Bitcoin security or in general composable security allows you to give different level of security to different assets or different transactions, even at, at whatever granularity you want. Uh, but there's, you know, price to pay for security. And in the case of Bitcoin security, the main price to pay is actually not necessarily, you know, dollar sign, but really in terms of latency. So, you know, if you want to get confirmation on something very important, then maybe it's okay waiting a little bit longer. And one such particular transaction that we are particularly interested in is the unbonding request. So in any proof of stake network, people want to leave, people want to join. And when they leave, they would issue an unbonding request. Now, what we are doing with Babylon is that we say, hey, this unbonding request is so important that we should give it Bitcoin security. 
And so number one is now being able to leave the network, you have to be uh, very sure that nothing weird is going on. And Bitcoin is providing that support. Number two is that although Bitcoin is in general slow, in reputation slow, but in this particular case, it will take you know one day or half a day to get a very, very uh, solid confirmation of Bitcoin, but that's still much faster than the 21 day of unborning, which is the typical day in the Cosmos chain. In fact, in many proof of stake chains, the unborning time is typically of the order of weeks. So this is an example of a use case where Bitcoin security is used in such a way that although it's slow compared to like a few seconds, it's still much faster than the 21 day. And so that was one good use case that we start off the project with. Yeah, Greg, I want to see if you can maybe chime in too and kind of get your thoughts on, you know, securing the cosmos with, with Babylon. Have you, and really, what are, what are some things you're thinking about over on the Overclock Lab side for kind of helping with security on Cosmos? Like before we jump in, I think we uh, clear the air. The announcement action that came was BitZalo. I have never heard of this. It's a Russian, apparently it's a Russian, uh, you know, crypto <laughs> exchange that I'd never heard of. Can we sue DOJ for wasting 20 minutes of my life? <laughs> I have the live stream going right now and I was I was just kind of watching it, just reading the captions, waiting for the announcement. And that's what it is. Bit Zalo is the being, major international um, enforcement action put on, that they announced. But I can wow, see I, I, I can see already a sudden increase in our number of uh, listeners here in this uh, uh Twitter <laughs> space. After the announcement, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad because people were like, "Holy shit, he's my tether." Okay, he hit my Binance. I'll go home today. Can't really talk. All right. Yeah. Now we can focus on Bitcoin security. Now we can focus oh, on Bitcoin God. security. <laughs> right. Um, so, so, what are we doing at at? Uh, I mean, what work like labs to to ensure that? So, what's the side? I'm sorry, I totally like got distracted with this whole thing. What was the question again? <laughs> no, you're you're fine. <laughs> so, question. So, yeah, I was, I was kind of the, the question around um, securing uh, the Cosmos. Um, what are some things we're thinking about over at Overclock to kind of help secure Cosmos and IBC transactions? I mean, like you know, as uh, Overclock Labs is the company that you know initially created Akash Network, and and uh, obviously we you know we were the first IBC chain, right? After the hub, first IBC transaction ever. Uh, recording history was done between Akash and uh, and Cosmos Hub. So we were, you know, the f sort of like, no, we weren't the first chain to like to to launch on uh, Tendermint, but we were certainly the first second chain to launch IBC. That gives a, a that opens up opportunity to further take our proof of stake, you know, delegate a proof of stake consensus model to something like a mesh model or interchain security model, right? So a mesh security is a new sort of like paradigm that's sort of getting popularity in the Cosmos ecosystem where if you have a shared set of validators between chains, that shared set of validators can, you know, validate these chains at a, at, at a lower cost, right? And uh, lower cost is also uh, better security. So, you know, not all chains have, uh, you know, same levels of security. So, but if you can somehow borrow security from each other, you know, that'll be a, 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 that'll be a greatly beneficial to um, to to the ecosystem. As what we're doing, you know, at, at the company and at the protocol level is to make that sort of like 
you know, uh, provisioning of security much simple, right? In terms of user experience, because you know, providing security means actually launching the chain and and ensuring their the, the updates are proper, ensuring the data is synced in, in real time and whatnot. It's, it's a complicated, non-trivial uh, project, right? So we're building tools uh, that allow this um, to happen in a frictionless manner at a price point that's amenable, that's that's great for everybody, right? So that's that's our uh, you know, mission to to make Web3 infrastructure simple to use and, and cheaper to use. Great. And passing it back over to David, um, kind of sticking with the security kind of conversation here is, uh, I had a question on checkpointing. First off, what is checkpointing and what is um, how does checkpointing help um, Babylon secure the Cosmos zones? Yeah, okay. So, um, a lot of the attacks that happens on chains, potential attacks is the following, is that you have a chain that is going on and someone decides to double spend on that chain, double spend that chain, which means they want to revert some of the history of the transaction. To do that, they create a fork on the chain. So basically the idea of checkpointing or the idea of timestamping terms are used interchangeably is to basically say that actually, you know what, the current chain that is ongoing is actually the more the more uh, existing chain. And that is recorded by sending a transaction to Bitcoin hash of the block, of the POS block, and put it on Bitcoin to record the time at which that block was created. So by doing that, uh, no one can attack the chain anymore because that block is proved to be earlier from Bitcoin. So that's why checkpointing or timestamping on, say, a secure chain like Bitcoin is very useful in terms of providing security to uh, another chain. So that's the basic technology that uh, Babylon uses. Got it. So checkpoint is just kind of another term for timestamping. Yes. Yes, exactly. The time. So, you know, if you think about it, the Nakamoto's white paper, the nine page white paper that uh, started the project, he said the following. He said, you know, uh, what we need as a decentralized system is to have a decentralized timestamping server. And what he said is that that's what I'm creating. Bitcoin is a decentralized timestamping server. But the timestamping server is used for a particular application, which is to timestamp Bitcoin transactions, to timestamp when Alice pays Bob one Bitcoin. Now, what we're saying is that now that you've created such a secure timestamping server, you can actually use that to timestamp not only Bitcoin transactions, but also events that are happening on other chains. And uh, so that's what we are basically uh, doing. Very cool and very needed, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna toss it over to Greg here uh, and talk a, a little bit about kind of our recent announcements um, about Akash. So last week, um, we announced that the entire contribution process for building on Akash is now fully open source. So mad snaps to that, that whole project. Um, could you maybe just give us a, a bit of an overview of this new model and what it means for Akash kind of going forward? Absolutely. So the recent announcement Adam is talking about is, you know, we 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 proposed a framework to, you know, to open source a process along with code. So for context, from Akash Network, you know, we started building on it, building Akash seven years ago, and we open source about five years ago, the entire source code 
and all the uh, you know relevant technologies that essentially touch any user is open source. Overclock being the company that created Akash Network in the, in the, the, the first version of it, and you know Overclock Labs hosting the code base, right? But the process to create the code was not very open, not very transparent. In the sense, it was you know traditional uh, software development process where a company gathers requirements and and you know uh, creates a spec and develops it internally and open sources once the once the tech is complete. Um, the the while you know we can make quite a lot of progress and we've done enough quite a lot right since launching the blockchain the first version uh, the, the the platform itself we added incredible features like like storage and and uh, IP discovery and now we're we're you know speeding through GPUs you can move really fast as a, as a company that is not engaged uh, or like involved in open setting. To, to build the source code. Uh, but what we notice is, not, not what we notice, it's, it's, it's obvious that Akash's mission, mission is so large that we cannot operate in, in a closed open setting. The only way to really scale and take Akash to the next level um, is to engage and involve our incredible developer community. So that's why we decided to you know, uh, open the process itself Right now, how does that look like? Um, in, in, uh, so what it really comes down to is how do we create self-organizing groups that are accountable uh, uh, to each other and its members are accountable and actually delivering work. So we proposed a framework that we were able to uh, build off previous learnings from successful projects like like Kubernetes and uh, you know a whole lot of other cloud cloud native foundation ecosystems and model a framework we think is is uh, has worked before and I think uh, will work even better when you have actual incentives the you know crypto land gives us and uh, and do it much better than better than most of them, right so that's the announcement we made we're super excited about it and we already started seeing I think like nine new contributors from outside the company. There are more number of contributors to Akash source code that don't work at Overclock lab, Labs now than before. So that's just a, a remarkable testament saying that, I mean, just to, to showcase that, you know, within one week itself, we got incredible amount of contributors. You know, you can only imagine what that'll look like a month from now or three months from now, four months from now, right? And the beauty now is, uh, anybody, any member of Akash ecosystem, if they want to propose a feature, they want to propose an idea, can attend uh, you know, these meetings. that are completely conducted in the open. The minutes and the transcripts as long, and, and even the videos are actually posted on the Akash Network website. Uh, so it's easy to find and easily comment. So the goal is every time you see a feature, you want to be able to trace back its origins all the way uh, to the to the uh, to the special interest group meeting they had, or the working group they're part of, or a user group they were part of, all the way trace it back, uh, and you know understand the context of it. This also gives an incredible wealth of uh, content and 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 knowledge on how to even build chains, right? So with this approach, we 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 hope that we can export this uh, mechanism to the rest of the Cosmos ecosystem and beyond. And uh, of course, it's not going to come 
without its shortfallings. Uh, and we'll only know we've, we've done good job in in uh, you know um, covering for those shortfalls, and and we'll only know uh, the the shortcomings as we go about you know implementing this model. I'm super excited about it. Uh, we have a kickoff meeting on the 23rd, I believe, the steering committee kickoff meeting, and uh, some of the groups are already uh, sort of in in motion. Um, the most uh, you know active groups are SIG clients, which is the you know which is responsible for developing the client ecosystem for Akash Network, like like uh, CloudMoss or Fleek, and some of these UIs that are being being built on top of Akash. Um, I think that's happening today, if I'm not wrong. But but so some of the groups are already in active uh, stages, and and um, um, and uh, but the steering committee will have an official opening on 23rd. So. Um, it's it's super exciting. I mean, it's never been done before. I think we have, um, you know, one thing I, I pride myself for being in Cosmos ecosystem is how decentralized the process is, right? Cosmos is incredible. Uh, one of the most incredible parts is that the founders of Cosmos e- uh, ecosystem or Cosmos, you know, technology in general are not as active as you would normally see in other chains like Solana or, or Ethereum, right? Like Ethan Buckman and Jay Kwan, uh, the founders are mostly contributors now, more than the dictatorial, the mechanism that we see with other chains. That also means the development of Cosmos ecosystem is a lot more decentralized now, right? Uh, one could make an argument that you know, if, if the development, which is a, an attack vector, right? If you remove, if you look at decentralization like an onion. Um, on you know the surface being the uh, consensus mechanism and then the governance mechanism and then the development mechanism. If you start peeling enough layers, you'll start noticing the cracks in the system. So ultimately, it comes down to who's actually writing the code, who's actually controlling the website, who's actually controlling the communications. Those become the attack vectors. So if you can sufficiently decentralize uh, these uh, layers, uh, you will be able to create a much, much, much better uh, uh, system when it comes to resiliency, when it comes to withstanding these attack vectors. And in that sort of vein, uh, we created uh, this framework uh, to 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 sort of like solve for some of the shortcomings of the Cosmos ecosystem, which happens to be organization, right? Cosmos being so so um, uh, diverse and so decentralized. Uh, the uh, the the price we pay is the coordination cost or the or the organization, right? So we're not very as organized as as uh, Ethereum or Solana is. So with these special interest groups and user groups, we hope to solve the organization problems while keeping the core uh, values, uh, you know, in, uh, integral to to Cosmos together, such as decentralization and uh, and diversity. So I'm super excited about it, and. Um, uh, and if you want any feature on Cosmos on, on Akash, you can just come to a steering committee and, and make a proposal. And uh, sorry, to a user group and make a proposal. And whatever decision uh, you know is is made on the proposal is going to be public, and it's going to be a public discourse. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. So I, I kind of want to stick on this subject for a minute. And you kind the way you're kind of describing the new Akash model um, has a lot of DAO feelings in there. Now, were there discussions around like turning Akash into a proper DAO? Was there, um, what, are, what are some of the things you guys are thinking about? And this can really be a question for both you guys, like general thoughts around the DAO model. Um, does it make sense? Um, do you feel like the tools are ready to kind of 
professionally run organizations as a DAO. Um, yeah, I wanted to open that question up for both of you guys. I'll have, uh, I mean, I'll, I have my answers, but I'll, I'll have uh, David share his thoughts on what, what he thinks about DAOs. Yeah, go ahead, Greg, please. Well, so for, for, like, for us, I don't want to, I mean, I'm, a, I'm not a big fan of labeling things. I feel like when you label things, biases automatically take precedence, right? So uh, when, when someone says a DAO, there's a lot of negative connotation when, uh, that comes to a DAO. And there are assumptions and there are biases that I have to fight against, right? So is Akash a DAO? Um, I don't want to say that because, you know, there are just properties that people assume a DAO should have. And I don't think Akash has it. Uh, is there an open organization? Is it, uh, you know, uh, is it transparent and, 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 and you know, uh, traceable and auditable and all that? Yeah, it has. A lot of those, a lot of those opportunities, but I don't want to constrain myself or constrain the ecosystem by labeling something that has a negative connotation. Now, I'm not saying DAOs are bad. Uh, I think you know DAOs are not properly classified, right? So just similar to like decentralization, like when we talk about decentralization, everybody has their own opinions. But for me, I rather use specific properties like peer-to-peer nature of it by, you know, like, you know, like permissionless nature of it and the non-custodial nature of it, all these different properties that describe, you know, quote-unquote, a decentralized system. Um, I rather prefer, like, describing a system with those, those, my, those, those granular properties instead of a broad categorization. That's why I, I don't like the term DAO uh, as a best way to describe what we're doing with Akash, but rather an open organization. Excellent. And yeah, and David, kind of same, same kind of question over to you. Um, just general thought, we were just talking about the kind of the new Akash framework and kind of how people can contribute. Wanted to get your general thoughts on DAOs and then maybe talk, you can kind of turn that into a question on Babylon and how folks can contribute to Babylon. Yeah, frankly, we are kind of in the early stage of our project. So we are, a lot of the development right now is in the core team. So we have not really, we're just focusing on building the test net right now. And uh, when we launch the test net, we would like to open source our code. And at that point, we'd like to involve more of the community in contributing towards Babylon. So Babylon is, you know, a security layer. So it's really important that we have many people sort of working on it, trying to attack it and figure out uh, potential limitations. So I think uh, having the community is really important in terms of the, organizational structure of that i honestly we have not uh, thought enough about that too so discuss it uh, here yeah so I, I like with with exactly right so when we say DAOs, people assume like oh everything has to be xyz everything has to be public like sometimes like in akash we also have a group that deals with security security incidents and that's not very open right it can be open because you know it's just not possible there are sensitive issues like people you know, like behaving irrationally and, and how do you deal with that? There are a lot of like functions of an organization that just can't have the transparency one would demand, right? So like my problem with DAOs is just like, just, you know, lack of sort of like uh, frameworks or maturity to address some of the sensitive issues. Like, well, in case of Babylon, I mean, it's a fully secure, it's a security as a service. So you can't really, 
be as transparent during the process, which can be transparent after the process, right? Like, so that's that's one of my sort of like contingents. Like, well, sorry, my, my my issues with like labeling something as a DAO. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and we're kind of on the collaboration side of things. So I, I wanted to mention um, for folks listening, if you guys do have questions for Greg or David, feel free to make a speaker request and I will get you in on the conversation. I have a couple more questions before we can really open it up to the audience. But um, for anyone listening, feel free to make a speaker request and I'll get you in on the conversation. Uh, I want to talk about collaboration. Could, could you guys talk maybe a little bit about some potential collab collaboration metrics between Akash and Babylon? Um, I mean, security on the Cosmos is awesome, and I'm a big proponent, I think, as anyone listening in would be of that. So I would love to hear a little bit about how you guys have maybe thought about um, some different collaboration or met, um, um, vectors between Akash and Babylon. Maybe we'll kick it over to David first. Yeah, maybe first I'll explain a little bit about sort of where we are in terms of the collaboration. So, sure. um, yeah, so right now Babylon is. Um, uh, building a test net and on this test net we are aiming to um, integrate with five to ten chains in the phase one of our integration so we divide the integration into multiple phases and in the phase one the integration is basically through an ibc connection uh, with the uh, counterparty chain uh, and between Babylon and the counterparty chain and IBC connection. The, through the IBC connection, we are able to uh, obtain information about the headers of the uh, counterparty chain, in this case, Akash. And we, because through IBC, these headers are essentially timestamped onto the ledger of Babylon. And through this timestamp and combined with the timestamp that Babylon gets onto Bitcoin, we can now provide an Oracle. So at this point, we have an Oracle that gives a Bitcoin timestamp to every single block of the, uh, of the uh, Akash testnet. So that's where we are in terms of the integration. So we've already accomplished that about a few weeks ago. And uh, so phase two and three is now are working out sort of okay now that you have a primitive which is like an oracle provide you with this bitcoin timestamp how can we use it in the akash network and that requires uh, a further discussion onto use cases for example the unbond the fast unbonding could be one example but we can be creative and think of other examples that are perhaps more specific to what akash needs so I think that's sort of uh, where we are. Greg, uh, you probably have more thoughts, please. Yeah, like, you know, like, you know, I, I share the thing. So right now, like, if you look at Akash token and Akash security model, right? Akash is secured by a proof of stake consensus. That's essentially comes down to the token and, you know, how the token holders weigh their votes. Each token has one vote, right? Um, and our security budget, in the sense, how, how much we pay as a chain, uh, is fairly high because it comes from and it comes from inflationary tokens to pay for the security budget, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so the price performance, I feel, is very low. Uh, we pay higher price for lower security, but if I can and optimize the security budget to have much better price for performance by borrowing Bitcoin security, 
I think will be a lot better and a lot more secure chain, right? So uh, I see a future where we can, you know, borrow Bitcoin security and pay relatively less than what we're paying right now. So it's advantageous for Akash and Akash community in general, right? So um, so I'm, I'm hyper bullish on like being able to borrow security and, and also do it in a way that is significantly lower risk than completely changing your model. That means we can start off by partially borrowing security. And then as we get more comfortable and as, we, as the chain evolves, we can increase uh, how much of security we can borrow. And we can also optimize ideally in, 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 in hopefully real time in terms of how much we're paying, right? So you could say that, hey, some of the security comes in proof of stake and it's, it's, you know, it's paid by these tokens um, and X amount of cost. Some of that comes from Babylon. This is a cost, right? And so the token holders themselves can, you know, have a say as to what security, a way to, you know, how much to pay for what kind of security. So I think we're going to, like, that's that's going to be a new model, um, you know, uh, and, and, it's, and it's super exciting, right? It makes Bitcoin much stronger. It makes Akash much stronger as a result of uh, this, this corporation. Yeah, so Greg, I think this is a really, um, really good point because... I think at the end of the day, the security and the tokenomics have to be uh, integrated. So I think uh, working out sort of a modification of the tokenomics that uh, accommodates or that uh, incorporates the Bitcoin security into the security model, I think it's really a very exciting uh, thing that we should definitely collaborate deeply on. Cool. So I have um, one final question before we can open it up to the uh, to the audience here. Um, and we discussed a bunch of stuff today. So thank you guys both for answering questions. We talked about DAOs, securing the cosmos, the uh, Justice Department announcement, <laughs> which really doesn't seem to be all that lackluster. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to ask kind of what the future looks like for both Akash and for, for Babylon. What does the next six months look like for you know, pull out your crystal balls and uh, look into them and, you know, ask the crystal ball, you know, what does the next six months look like for both Akash and for Babylon? Maybe starting with David. Yeah, for Babylon, um, as I mentioned, we are uh, shooting towards uh, launching our test net, public test net in the beginning of February, so in a few weeks from now. Uh, and uh, we are shooting for having five to 10 chains integrated on that test net. Cosmos chains, including Akash and other chains like Osmosis and Juno and Secret. Uh, so that's the first goal. And then in this testnet, as we build out our testnet, we are hoping to engage deeper with all our partners to develop interesting use cases on Babylon. And, um, and so that's sort of our main task in the six months is to figure out new and interesting use cases beyond beyond the unbonding use case, which is one thing we are pretty concretely working on, but other use cases such as, you know, how to integrate it with the tokenomics in terms of uh, improving the price of security. Uh, that's what um, Greg was mentioning. So these are the uh, discussions and the work we want with our partners who already obtained a Bitcoin timestamp. And the question is, what's the best effective way of using that timestamp in maintaining the security of the chain. So that's our main task at hand, six months. And uh, hopefully by then, we'll be working towards the test at the mainnet 
which is probably launched uh, near the end later part of the year. That's super exciting, and I think we want to you know start experimenting with Babylon as the testnet comes, and uh, now we can actually do that in a fully open setting, so which is awesome, right? So we can get these public groups that can you know start like you know uh, incorporating doesn't have to be a core overclock class member; it could be people that you know are part of our shared community, right? So like, and as we're sort of like going into uh, GPUs uh, in the next six months for Akash, I think it'll be amazing and how, how, how we can further actually, you know, maybe even provide security to Bitcoin using some of these high-end chips we'll be uh, tapping into. So I think it's going to be a very interesting, like mutual sort of like uh, collaboration between Babylon and Akash for the next six months. Excellent. So I wanted to open it up for audience questions at this time. Maybe give it a, a 15 to 30 seconds here to see if anyone listening in. I see some familiar faces. Thank you, Punzi, for joining. I see Del Rey. Thank you guys for joining. I see Huey on here, ZJ. I see some familiar faces. So wanted to see if you guys had any questions about Babylon, about Akash, or about the collaboration between the two projects. Feel free to make a speaker request and I will get you in on the conversation. And as a quick update, I've been watching the, uh, the Justice Department briefing and I haven't seen anything that you know has really knocked my socks off. So I think it's business as usual on, at crypto. <laughs> crypto it's called Bizalto. <laughs> Bizalo, sorry, Bizalo. Bizalo. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into these guys. I've never even heard of them, so uh, not too concerned right now. <laughs> All right, so looks like we've answered everyone's questions. Looks like it was a bit of a smaller turnout today. I think everyone was uh, had their eyes glued on the Justice Department, so sucked out of the air, out of the room. But now uh, they're gonna be very jealous. But luckily, this has been a recorded session, so for folks listening in, um, we'll be sharing this on YouTube at some point here in the future. But um, I wanna see if there's any final thoughts for you, Greg, or you, David. Anything else you wanted to cover? Maybe you could uh, talk about how people could get a hold of you if they have more questions about Akash or about Babylon. Yeah, please follow us on uh, Babylon underscore chain on Twitter. And um, you can also join our Discord channel, Babylon Chain. You can find us there. And, um, and uh, in the next few weeks, we'll probably be announcing more uh, partnerships with other projects and probably have more Twitter spaces to discuss the use cases, etc. Um, and Greg, I'm really looking forward to this more in-depth discussion on this tokenomics on how we could use Bitcoin security to reduce the price of security. That's I know, exciting. just think of that. I think that'd yeah, be I'm... really good to do some analysis, like yeah. across all chains, right? Like, like, if you can mean like bigger chains in terms of securing that, you know, actual money like osmosis, right? You can actually make yeah. a case and they look, you know, first of all, your cost of securing is X and also cause a cost of compromise is Y too, right? So it's like, yeah, I think it's going to be super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the really beauty of Cosmos is that because there are, you know, it's so decentralized, so many chains, one can mm -hmm. do a lot of experiments and, uh, you know, this is a kind of a pretty basic, sort of fundamental issue associated with proof of stake in some sense, right? So Cosmos is one of the, it's, it's the earliest ecosystem, right? The earliest proof of stake ecosystem, I think, or yeah. you're the earliest. And uh, so I think that is a perfect uh, place to do these uh, investigations. Totally. Awesome.
Cool. Well, thank you both for being on this today. Thank you all for joining. Um, follow both Babylon and Akash on Twitter. And um, yeah, stay tuned for some more Twitter spaces from the Akash Network in the future. Thank you guys for joining and we'll see you in the metaverse. See you guys. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Bye, David. Greg. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Babylon and Akash Network, a discussion with David Say and Greg Asuri. Recorded on Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now, with Spark IBC enabled. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the Famine on deck, we was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover. Wipe off the bird poop. Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. In the middle men, listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next b-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next b-b-b-billion Terror spaces